Welcome to Jenny's Uncensored Pennies. I am your host, Jennifer Marie Martinez, and with me today, I am so excited, reporting live from my hometown, San Antonio, Texas, in my sister Karina's home, who is with me today. Karina and I are six years apart. She is a STEM teacher and mother of two. Her firstborn is a son, my nephew, and her secondborn is my niece. My sister Maida is also here with us, and we are 10 years apart. She holds a leadership position in the criminal courts for the city. She is also, well, she's a mother of three, but birthed two. Her firstborn is my niece, and her second is my nephew. Welcome, ladies. Thank you for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So. In this episode, I felt it was important that we, well, we wanted to do a light episode because if you've listened to any of the other episodes, I cover some pretty heavy stuff. But with my sisters, I wanted to start out light and sweet, funny, maybe a little bit traumatic, <laughs> depending on how, on how you view things. But I didn't want to go into like our, you know, what I've been talking about, like childhood trauma or anything like that. Not just yet. Because, you know, it's the first time. So this episode is actually dedicated to, what, first-time moms, you would say? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, we're going to cover things that they don't tell you about pregnancy, labor, or even, what, postpartum? Everything they try to sugarcoat. Absolutely. The unexpected. <laughs> right. Not uh, the what you're expecting when you're expecting, but the unexpected. <laughs> right. So, Okay. I'm going to ask you guys, what is the biggest surprise, like, from pregnancy? Like, like you just said, what was the biggest surprise of the unexpected, what to expect? For me, it was, I mean, I had really great pregnancies, you know. Um, I definitely felt the difference between having a, my daughter and being pregnant with my son, you know, Maya Mason. But... I think people don't really say, like, there's, like, these, like, myths. Not myths. What are they? When somebody's like, oh, you're pregnant with a girl because they're carried low or you get nausea and, you know, you crave this and that. But I don't think you really know until you're experiencing it and you're living through it. But I definitely saw the difference between the two. Karina, you have a boy and a girl. What do you Mm -hmm. think? Um, I think, yeah, there are a lot of wives' tells, and everybody around you wants to give you advice, and so I feel like nobody tells you to just smile and nod Mm -hmm. and not take it to heart. Mm. Um, Everybody has good intentions, especially if you surround yourself with good people, right? You hope you are doing that when you're pregnant because you need that emotional support. Um, But yeah, everybody's going to have an opinion, and... um, I did see a big difference. My son, I wanted meat. Like I wanted all the vitamins and nutrients and felt like I couldn't get enough. And then with my daughter, um, it wasn't so much that, 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 I think people say you want sweets with girls. That wasn't necessarily my experience, but I know with my son, I really wanted meat. It's odd. Hmm. And thank you for bringing that up, Karina, because that's, I was gonna ask that when you brought it up, Maida, about like the wives' tales and people trying to figure out what you're having. Did either one of you have an intuition as far as what gender you were carrying? Um, no. I, I think with Maya, I really thought I was going to have a boy. Oh, okay. Um, just because y'all have boys. You know, y'all have mm. boys first. And so I was really shocked when I found out that I was having a girl. But, you know, with Maya, I was very nauseous in the very, like the very beginning. And I'm already an emotional person. Mm-hmm. I was overly emotional. And I was just exhausted. But I just thought that was, you know, with all everything that comes with pregnancy. And then, um, but with Maya, I just could not even think of meat. Anything with a bone, anything that possibly could have any type of red or blood, it made me so sick. And then Maya came out, and she doesn't like chicken. She doesn't like meat. She's, you know, grossed out unless it's fried. And That's so interesting. Exactly. And not even fried because she doesn't care for fried chicken. She'll only eat the chicken strips. So it's, 
you know, very picky eater. And with Mason, I didn't even know I was pregnant. I thought I was maybe seven, eight weeks. And when they did my first sonogram, I was 17 weeks pregnant. Oh, my God. You know, luckily I wasn't doing anything. You know, I mean, well, Maya was barely going to be a year old, so I was still breastfeeding. And then she kind of weaned herself off. And it all made sense why she weaned herself off on her own because my body was changing and getting ready for a new baby. But I just, I had no idea. Yeah. Wow, you're one of those. Yeah. I give birth in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. It was nuts. Had no symptoms, nothing. Um, so in the beginning of this episode, I mentioned the years apart that my sisters and I share. And I also would like you listeners to know that, so we pretty much had kids in order, right? I'm the oldest and I had my firstborn. I was 26 years old. And so I had a son. I only have my son, Jacob. And then... Karina, who's next in line for me, you also had your son. How old were you? I was 23, and he's 12 now. Mm-hmm. And then Maida, you had your first. I was 22. Mm-hmm. And you had a girl. But earlier you said girl. you thought you were going to have a boy because we had mm-hmm. boys. Yeah. So it doesn't work that way, you guys. <laughs> and what's funny when you mention that. Sisters, I wanted to start out light and sweet, funny, maybe a little bit traumatic. <laughs> depending on how, on how you view things, but I didn't want to go into, like, our, you know, what I've been talking about, like, childhood trauma or anything like that. Not just yet, because, you know, it's the first time. So this episode is actually dedicated to, what, first-time moms, you would say? Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, we're going to cover things that they don't tell you about pregnancy, labor, or even, what, postpartum? Everything they try to sugarcoat. Absolutely. The unexpected. <laughs> right. Not uh, the what you're expecting when you're expecting, but the unexpected. Right. So, okay. I'm going to ask you guys, what is the biggest surprise, like, from pregnancy? Like, like you just said, what was the biggest surprise of the unexpected, what to expect? For me, it was, I mean, I had really great pregnancies, you know, um, I definitely felt the difference between having a, my daughter and being pregnant with my son, you know, Maya Mason, but I think people don't really say, like, there's, like, these, like, myths, not myths, what are they, when somebody's like, oh, you're pregnant with a girl because they're carried low, or mm-hmm. you get nausea, and, you know, you crave this and that, but I don't think you really know until you're experiencing it and you're living through it but I definitely saw the difference between the two Karina you have a boy and a girl what do you mm-hmm. think um I think yeah there are a lot of wives tells there and you go. everybody around you wants to give you advice and so I feel like nobody tells you to just smile and nod mm-hmm. and not take it to heart mm-hmm. um everybody has good intentions especially if you surround yourself with good people, right? You hope you are doing that when you're pregnant because you need that emotional support. Um, but yeah, everybody's going to have an opinion. And um, I did see a big difference. My son, I wanted meat. Like I wanted all the vitamins and nutrients and felt like I couldn't get enough. And then with my daughter, um, it wasn't so much that, that, that. I think people say you want sweets with girls. That wasn't necessarily my experience, but... I know with my son, I really wanted meat. It's odd. Hmm. And thank you for bringing that up, Karina, because that's, I was going to ask that when you brought it up, Maida, about like the wives' tales and people trying to figure out what you're having. Did either one of you have an intuition as far as what gender you were carrying? Um, no. I, I think with Maya, I really thought I was going to have a boy. Okay. Um, just because y'all have boys, you know, y'all have mm. boys first. And so I was really shocked when I found out that I was having a girl. But, you know, with Maya, I was very nauseous in the very, like the very beginning. And I'm already an emotional person. Mm-hmm. I was overly emotional and I was just exhausted. But I just thought that was, you know, with all everything that comes with pregnancy. And then, um, but with Maya, I just could not even think of meat. Anything with a bone, anything that... Mm possibly could have any type of red or blood it made me so sick 
And then Maya came out, and she doesn't like chicken. She doesn't like meat. She's, you know, grossed out unless it's fried. And That's so interesting. Exactly. And not even fried because she doesn't care for fried chicken. She'll only eat the chicken strips. So it's, you know, very picky eater. And with Mason, I didn't even know I was pregnant. I thought I was maybe seven, eight weeks. And when they did my first sonogram, I was 17 weeks pregnant. Oh, my God. You know, luckily I wasn't doing anything. You know, I mean, well, Maya was barely going to be a year old so I was still breastfeeding and then she kind of weaned herself off and it all made sense why she weaned herself off on her own because my body was changing and getting ready for a new baby but I just I had no idea yeah wow you're one of those yeah I give birth in the toilet (laughs) yeah (laughs) what yeah it was nuts had no symptoms nothing Um, so in the beginning of this episode I mentioned the years apart that my sisters and I share and I also would like you listeners to know that so we pretty much had kids in order right I'm the oldest and I had my firstborn. I was 26 years old and so I had a son I only have my son Jacob and then Karina who's next in line from me mm-hmm. you also had your son how old were you I was 23 and he's 12 now mm-hmm. and then Maida you had your first I was 22 mm-hmm and you had a girl. But earlier you said girl. you thought you were going to have a boy because we had mm-hmm. boys. Yeah. So it doesn't work that way, you guys. <laughs> and what's funny when you mention that is I assumed I would have a girl mm-hmm. because we were all girls growing up. We're girls growing up together, right, with three sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, my gosh, um, what am I going to do, do with, with a boy? boy? Yeah. <laughs> and the same thing when Jennifer, you know, said she was having a boy. It's like, okay, well, now we have a boy in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't necessarily have an inkling that it was a girl. I just assumed. Like, it was just, I just thought that's what it would be, right? Yeah. Um, but then when we did one of those, like, you pee and the water changes color or something, one of those things, and it ended up being accurate. Was um, it supposed to be, like, a gender test or something? Yeah, a gender okay. test. And was it at home, like, over-the-counter thing? It was thing, from or? CVS, yeah. Okay. And it, w- it was accurate. It said we were going to have a boy. Um... And I just had, like, a piece about it, but I, right before I took it, I was like, it's going to be a boy. And then it did say it was going to be a boy, but I was still kind of, like, with that inner struggle, like, but I'm supposed to have a girl. It's weird, you know, but I just, like, Mm -hmm. knew. I knew that I knew that it was going to be a boy. Like, Mm -hmm. it's weird. So you were kind of disappointed? I don't understand. I wasn't disappointed. I was just, like, it was just, like, a settling feeling of, like, okay, well, this is going to be, this is a new thing for me, mm-hmm. you know, but it wasn't a disappointment. And I think even, yeah. you know, growing up, I always thought, like, you would have girls. Mm. Just, you know. So neither one of you paid attention to no. science class. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, and for me, I was very much the, I grew up with the mentality of, like, I don't want to have a girl. I don't want to, I didn't want to have a girl. And that, for me, came from, like, I saw the relationship with mom and how challenging that was and still is for me. And I was like, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to have a daughter. Um, so I don't know if it was, like, that not wanting to have a daughter, that fear. Yeah, that fear of not wanting to have a daughter that, like, I just knew I was having a son. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really weird. But my symptoms and stuff, you got, uh, Maida, you spoke about your symptoms a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you too, like your different cravings or whatever. Um, yeah, like it's just crazy because we all have sons and I don't know that my symptoms or like my cravings were the same as either one of you who were sisters and we also carried boys. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show how like each pregnancy is obviously different. different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, what was, what was the funnest part for you, uh, for being pregnant? I loved the belly. Yeah. I loved, I, that was my favorite part, you know, just knowing that I'm carrying this, you know, human in me, you know, from beginning to, to end. And it, that was just my favorite. And I even said, you know, I would love to be a surrogate. That was my yeah. favorite part. But, you know, some people don't have the best pregnancies. You know, they, they're either sick or, just, you know, even you're 
it has a lot to do with the people you're surrounded with. You know, if you have a, a supportive partner, and I, I was just so blessed that I had all of that. So to me, I was on cloud nine through both of my pregnancies. And, and that was just, for me, my favorite part, just actually carrying that human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, humans. That, that is pretty... I mean, when you think about it, I mean, it is, you know, they always say, like, oh, the biggest miracle, whatever. But it really is. Like, mm -hmm. it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that, okay, yeah, one day I'm going to, if you choose to have children and you're able to carry, then it's like, okay, you know that you're going to create this human, right? It's your, hopefully it's your choice. That's probably the best, right? If it's <laughs> your choice to go through with that pregnancy and, and you're doing so. And so you know all of these things, and you kind of know what to expect because, of, I don't know, what you learn in school, what you read in books, or I don't know, what you see in movies, or what you hear other people say. But when it's actually happening to you, it's just so, I don't know, like it was, it just felt like, yeah, like such a miracle, like those first like pitter-patters and all of that stuff was just like crazy. Um, I feel like... You know, you know, like you have the pregnancy test and then you reveal to your family and you have that moment with your partner or, you know, like you go through these different events, right, where you're realizing like, okay, this is really happening because at first you're kind of just like, you can't believe it's happening. It's surreal. Uh, but one of the things that I really enjoyed was when I finally had a belly because mm -hmm. it's like you go through this awkward stage of like, well, is she just chunky? Is she, is Bloated? that, what is that from? Like, <laughs> is it a yeah, food baby? Yeah, her pear belly. Tight. What is that? And then when you finally have like a belly, people look at you differently. Oh, yeah. As you go to the store, I remember going to um, like Target or somewhere. And, um, a, you know, a gentleman, an older gentleman opened the door for me and he just like looked at me with like this adoration, like, oh, like, here you go, ma'am, you know, here like go ahead of me mm -hmm. right and so that was very endearing to see uh, the way other people embraced you or let you go in front of them and um it was just nice to see others like kindness i guess and just Being more the courteous look, the look in their eye of like yes like go ahead or you may use the restroom before me because you're pregnant mm -hmm. you know like um so not my favorite thing but it was just something different that i was like oh my gosh like other people are viewing me in this way too because mm -hmm. you have all this internal internal feelings and all these changes that are happening to you but you know it's also your environment that's changing like people the way they act towards you so i don't know that was special and something you i you don't feel at other times right and it's so, so funny because i now that you mentioned that i did feel the most beautiful pregnant and like your hair is that thick and you know you do have just different skin and you feel like you're glowing and even looking back at pictures i'm like oh my gosh i was beautiful, you know, <laughs> carrying this human. Um, again, not everybody feels the same, you know, it is a, a, I struggle now with my own body image because my stomach doesn't look the same and um, I it will never look the same. I have my battle scars, right, or, you know, tiger marks, that's what they say. Um, but, you know, it is what it is and that's just, just, you know, the end. It's for my kids. <laughs> yeah, and you bringing up like, like you said, the bottle scars, are you talking about like stretch marks? Mm -hmm. Yes, my stretch marks are my stomach. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, I mean, I'm sure you put lotion, whatever, stretch oh, mark I lotion. Oh, I did all the oils, the cocoa butter, everything mm -hmm. that, you know, was supposed to. And none of it's going to work if your skin is your, like, everybody has different skin. It's genetic. It's genetics, exactly. And so I am, uh, I'm very pale skinned and they say, the lighter you are, the more you are to scar. It, it just, it is. It's your, right, your own body. Um, and I, Jennifer, you know, you're, you're tanned. You have tighter skin than I do. And you don't even look like you had a baby. <laughs> you just have that beautiful, you know, skin. And it's just very different. And Karina, you, how do you feel? I feel like I'm in the middle. Mm -hmm. Sorry, we're going through, like, shades of color. But it doesn't... <laughs> Ida's describing herself as pale. I would say you're fair. Right. Okay, fair. Jennifer's like a little more tanned than both of us. I lie somewhere in the middle of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say that like with my son, I was younger. I was 23, mm -hmm. 24 years old. I bounced back a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. And then I had my daughter exactly 10 years later. Um, and like 
also I was eating very healthy with my son at a younger age. But then 10 years later in my 30s, I had my daughter and wanted more sweets a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, but my stomach, yes, it, it got stretched for the second time. And so now my body is not the same. Um, and that, you know, like is um, a choice everybody makes of like, if you have a third or fourth or mm -hmm. fifth, like every time you get pregnant, you know, your skin is stretching every mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So yes, I feel like genetics does play a part, but also how many pregnancies you have. Right. Yeah. Um, is just wear on your body and um, yeah, it's. Well, and I chose to have my second back to back, you know, they're 16 months apart, which never gave my body or my uterus to fully go back to its original size. So um, I didn't know this, but you know, my husband went back to school and he, yeah, brought to my attention that because your body doesn't go back to normal size after you have that second back to back or the third, the fourth, your uterus will go back to the last memory it had. So our, you know, the moms out there that have their kangaroo pouch, it's your uterus going back to the last memory. What the hell is a kangaroo pouch? Your little pouch down here. Well, okay. be, be glad you don't know what <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, be happy you don't know what that is. Why well, does have one? <laughs> so, I, and I had no idea, and it, it made even more sense. Like, wow. nothing that I do, you know, will get my uterus back to where I would want it to be right like yeah, get that no little bump away yeah whatever. crunches aren't gonna do that you know it's not like if you work hard and you eat right and you'll go back to normal it no ladies it doesn't happen that way <laughs> you know not for everybody um but that's so it just made more clear you know cleared it up for me yeah but also <laughs> sorry i'm very animated over here <laughs> if you hear it banging it's might have banging on the table might have banged Doors closing, it's people the husbands. walking around. Yeah, the husbands and the children walking around in the background. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, okay, when we talk about, did both of you have morning sickness? I had it for sure. Just with Maya. I remember Mason, I didn't even know I was pregnant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what about, yeah. Um, morning sickness to me uh, was not just in the morning it was more of just like nausea like I needed to eat immediately mm -hmm. but I never had morning sickness or any kind of sickness throughout the day where I actually vomited mm -hmm. it was just where I felt like I was going to vomit but I wouldn't actually vomit um, with both genders with my son and my daughter so so I might say I'm lucky in that sense too but it still feels awful like even if you don't vomit <laughs> It still doesn't feel. Yeah, I remember. Good. Yeah, I remember. I had to carry a, bo a box of Cheez-Its around with me, and I remember visiting Jennifer in California. Um, I wasn't. Let's just say Maya was a surprise to me. So I had already had this trip planned. You know, I was going to go visit Jennifer in California, and we were supposed to go out. We were supposed to go out. You know, WeHo, all that. And nope, I was pregnant, and so there I was. You know, the whole trip with the box of. Cheez-Its the whole time because I just had to be munching on something and for some reason I craved Cheez-Its. WeHo is a town? West Hollywood. Okay. <laughs> just making that clear. Yeah. And if you don't know what West Hollywood is, uh, I don't know where you've been, but <laughs> <laughs> it's predominantly LGBTQ community. It's a lot of fun because that community is a lot of fun mm -hmm. and definitely knows how to party. So mm -hmm. been wanting to take these girls out there but because people get pregnant <laughs> or we have just, yet to do that yeah we have yet to do that together i have i have partaken <laughs> quite a few times but i have not been there with my sisters um from my morning sickness yeah came at different times of the day uh i think it mostly came for me like in the afternoon and it was that it was like i would get hungry and if i didn't eat like, when I got hungry, I just wanted to, you know, throw up. And um, one morning, because I was in Okinawa, uh, in Okinawa, Japan, I had moved over there, you know, to be with my then-husband. And so that's where I got pregnant. And so I had no family. It was just me and my husband. And 
he had, because he was in the army, he had a weird schedule uh, because of the job that he did. But a lot of times he had to wake up and, you know, go to PT. What is that? Physical training? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we lived on base. And so there was a Burger King and they sold like burgers at all hours. It was 24 hours. So one day after PT, I had asked him to bring me a Whopper because that's what I wanted. That's what I was craving for whatever reason. It was like six in the morning. And so I had my Whopper, which I thought was delicious at the time. And then I went up and took a shower and I no. threw up the Whopper. There was Whopper all over my feet. Mm. So that You wanted was, it, but the baby didn't want it. <laughs> I, is that why that I happens? don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. But it's like, my point is that like, you know, I wanted something so bad, and then I had it, and then I threw it up, which mm-hmm. is so weird. I think the thing that I ate the most was peanut butter. I would eat peanut butter a lot. Which is so crazy, because now Mijo is allergic to peanuts. Right. So my son is allergic to, like, deathly allergic to, to peanuts. Only if he ingests, like, the uncooked oil or, yeah, the, the actual nut. And it could be just the slight, tiniest little thing, um, you know, peanut butter, whatever, the tiniest speck, and he'll, his lips will start tingling and itching. If he has enough, then his throat will close up. But yeah, I didn't know this, and they actually didn't even know. So apparently, if you eat a lot of, pre- a lot of peanut butter while you're pregnant, your kid's going to be allergic to freaking peanuts. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know that either at the time. I mean... Jacob was born in, what, 2007? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he was born in 2007. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they, they didn't know that. It wasn't until years after we learned that he was allergic that apparently there was a study that came out. And, yeah, that's the thing. So if you're eating a lot of peanut butter, ladies, just know your kid might be allergic. And it's not fun. It makes packing lunches challenging. <laughs> Because you yeah. can't send them with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, let's see. What about emotionally, what was your biggest challenge during your pregnancy? For me, again, as you're thinking. For me, mm-hmm. again, I mean, again, I was uh, alone in the other country. And... So I didn't have like quite that support system. I had I had joined like prenatal yoga and I was doing that on base and so I, I made some friends that way and I was taking classes. So I was very involved uh, more to get like a social, you know, to be social and to get friends that way. And I mean, sure, I, I did make some friends and that was nice. But a lot of times because my husband at the time had a weird schedule, I spent a lot of time alone and then my partner's view on you know pregnant women and all of that was not what I was hoping for mm-hmm. so I felt very lonely mm-hmm. and I felt like I was alone in the pregnancy the pregnancy the actual physical part of it for me was you know fairly easy mm-hmm. up until uh, I, I got bigger and bigger and then it was like my sciatic nerve mm-hmm. I don't know it Oh my gosh, I don't know if it was his head, like the way it was positioned, but holy smokes, it would knock the wind out of me. And it was just my sciatic nerve that just hurt so bad. So I guess now I just covered like the emotional part and the physical (laughs) part. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, and I battled both of those things by, again, trying to be social, getting myself out there to make friends and also to keep my body active. Because I wanted to, I, I was very concerned, and again, probably because of who I was with, right? I was very concerned with, you know, my body come, going back to the way that it was. Um, and I didn't know what to expect with that. So I just, I just figured, okay, well, I'm gonna, I think I ran up until I was like seven months, and then the Braxton Hicks kicked in during my run one time and I just wanted to lay down on the sidewalk and I was like okay I'm not running anymore and people used to be like why are you running (laughs) you have your big belly Mm -hmm. um but yeah so that was that was me do you want to go or do you want me to go so with Maya um and now that you're bringing up you know your partner at the time and, and his views on pregnancy 
So my husband is a divorcee. He was previously married, so that's where my oldest, oldest, you know, came from. And I, again, um, my daughter was a surprise, and I felt shame. You know, I, I wanted to do things the right way. I wanted to get married, and I, you know, wanted to then have kids, you know, do it in that order. So finding out, you know, that I was pregnant, I was in shock and I remember calling my best friend at the time and I was like oh my gosh what do I do I don't know what to do and she was the first person that knew so then from there it kind of trickled down you know then I told my my husband and then you know my mom and my sisters and telling my mom wasn't the best experience and I think that's what made me feel even more shame instead of you know just being happy with me and knowing that I was with a good man to her because he was a divorcee and he already had a child you know, and maybe to a mother's eyes, you know, maybe he wasn't, you know, the, the man that she wanted for me, but, you know, here we are 12 years down the line and I don't see my life any other way. So, but again, at that time I was like, am I doing the right thing? I don't know what to do. I'm, should I go through with this? Should I not? You know, it just, it made me doubt when I, everything that I had no doubts before if that makes right. sense right and I remember when you told me sorry when yeah. you told me that you were pregnant I was like okay are we celebrating or do you need money mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and so and right away I was like no 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 <laughs> we're yeah. celebrating you know and then I was afraid to tell my dad like oh my gosh my dad's gonna know I'm having sex and <laughs> which and how I know old are you? I was 21 and I was living in Colleen with now my husband you know it was that was just my first thought, like, but it was a lot of shame, which it should have never been. Mm-hmm. And then, but, you know, again, it depends on the people that you surround yourself with. And, you know, my mom was my mom, but luckily I lived out of town. <laughs> so I only, you know, saw her on on every weekend or every other weekend um, for a short amount of time. But then, you know, she changed, you know, just her way of thinking and uh, but other than that, you know, that, that was my biggest struggle. And then with Mason, turns out I was eight months pregnant and packing up our house from Colleen because they were deploying Michael, my husband. So that Deploying where? He was deploying. He did his last deployment in Korea. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it was, first they were like, no, we're not going to do it. Then, nope, we need you to. And he didn't, I didn't want to stay in Colleen by myself. You know, I had a one-year-old and I was pregnant with another so yeah I I moved back home and honestly that was the only struggle and I think financially everybody struggles financially right everybody says like oh no I'm not ready to have kids because financially I'm not there I don't think we're ever financially there Mm -hmm. um so but yeah the most emotional was with Maya and it was it was not you know the, the shame that I brought on myself and I allowed other people to to you know make me feel shamed as well when I and when I shouldn't have Right. I should have kept it as my own experience, and that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that both of you <clears throat> have this, like, kind of isolating. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you both were, you had your partners, mm-hmm. and uh, but still with your first pregnancies, mm-hmm. you felt like not alone, but alone, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I have a similar, like, trend in my own experience from with my firstborn um even though everybody knows and you shared your news and everybody gives you advice and everybody has good wishes for you and all that stuff or if you have your partner you don't I feel like it the emotional challenge can be that it is isolating in the sense that you're the one feeling it Mm -hmm. right and your partner even though they may tell you what do you need what do you need and they're there but they don't experience it Mm -hmm. and so that can be very um emotionally hard or tough like that and then also um in my experience I was 23 but I was still like what am I going to do with my life you know like I was transitioning from like a young adult I'm not a gay yeah like being (laughs) yeah and then like oh my gosh I am an adult what I'm having a child and like it was it's been all about me it's been all about me like I'm gonna you know have fun and like I was going to college whatever like all these things for myself and figuring out myself and then you know I wasn't a young young girl either but I um but it's still this transition of like okay what is my life going to look like now Mm -hmm. and 
um, the events that happen in your body and like the way you're changing, you also, as soon as you find out you're pregnant, you're like, oh my gosh, everything's different, but mm-hmm. there's no physical changes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but your environment starts to change and you, your body starts to change. And so that was a big emotional struggle for me of like, okay, what is my life going to be like now? Um, even though I have this support system around me, mm-hmm. it was very scary. Like what kind of mom am I going to be? And I want to have everything figured out. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then it was like, I want to run or I want to do, or I want to lift things or I want to be nesting. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I need people. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not as independent as I used to be. Mm-hmm. And, but I want to be who I was and who am I going to be tomorrow? And so that, that was an internal struggle for me for, um, I will say that I was just very unsure, very unsure, um, alone, alone, because nobody can make those decisions for you, and it's like you're learning as you go, and there is no right one-way path for everybody, um, it's just what you experience and what you want, um, and so that, that, I felt isolated in that way, yeah. because of all those factors, so it's hard. Dang. Yeah. No. How did, um, so we're going to kind of transition the conversation into, okay, we've kind of covered like some of the main things about what we went through during pregnancy. When did you know that you were going into labor? Like for me, I woke up, I thought I was just going to go pee and it was like 630 in the morning, you know, nothing unusual. You pee a lot during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. You have a human being pushing on all of your organs in every which way uh your bladder shrinks you start losing your breath you can't breathe because your (laughs) lungs are being pushed into your throat or whatever um i really like the whole boobs getting bigger thing because i've never had big boobs (laughs) uh (laughs) so i really enjoyed that as far as the physical changes but the organs being you know moved around and everything not so not so fun so yeah i got up to pee and I did pee, and then liquid came out, and I wasn't sure. I was like, wait, was that still pee, or I, did, I thought I stopped pushing? And then, yeah, I laid back down, and I felt like, mm, something's different. Like, mm-hmm. Something is definitely different. And then as it progressed, it was like every time I, I thought I had to pee, so I would go to the bathroom, I would sit down, and every time I sat down, liquid came out, but I hadn't pushed to, like you push to pee. Uh, and then, yeah, when they say, like, oh, period cramps feel like labor, child labor, or whatever, that's very true for me. Mm-hmm. Like, now I have, you know, haven't had another pregnancy since, but every freaking period, I'm like, holy crap, I feel like you're having <laughs> like, contractions. Like, you're having contractions. So, that is real, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really does feel. So, if you have period cramps, really bad period cramps, and you're, you hold off to take your medication, that's like training for mm-hmm. child labor. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, at least that's what I think. So mm-hmm. when did you guys feel um, know that you were in labor or what was that experience like for you? So my experience with or my first pregnancy, that was the exact same. Everything you just described. Yeah, I woke up and I believe it was at 5 in the morning. I went to go pee and then went to go lay back down. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't think I peed myself, but mm-hmm. it wasn't a lot to where it would have mm-hmm. like seeped through to my, you know, my pajama pants or to the, you know, bed sheet. Um, so yeah, it's not like the movies with the puddle. No, 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 no. My water, I, in both pregnancies, my water never broke. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going into labor. It's Nothing happening. like, yeah, it's happening. Um, but so then I was at the time, because again, we lived in Colleen and I didn't want to deliver in Colleen. So I was staying with my mother-in-law, you know, those last few weeks, um, of my pregnancy. And I called her and she's like, nope, I think we need to take you. And then it just so happened that mom was, you know, renting one of her apartments. And so mom was right there and she was getting ready for work. So the three, the two of them took me to the hospital. And sure enough, when they swabbed me, I, it was the amniotic fluid. Mm -hmm. And so again, that was what, like five, 45 in the morning, six in the morning. And they had to induce me because my, I was already starting labor, mm-hmm. um, but they had to keep me because if they would have released me, then I would have just been leaking that mm-hmm. amniotic fluid and that's not healthy. So right. from there I was, you know, two weeks before my, my due date and no, no it, I'm sorry. It was, um, six days cause her due date would have been March 26th and she was born March 20th. Aww. So a week and yeah, then from there I was induced and was there all day. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. didn't give birth until like two in the morning. Oh, that was a long. Jen, how long was your labor? <laughs> uh, well, Jacob was born at what six thirty three a.m. So, I mean, I went to the hospital about eleven in the morning, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, but like active labor when it was like really bad. I mean, every freaking contraction I was having, I was throwing up. <gasps> oh my god! I was throwing up bile because I didn't have medicine yet. Yeah. But it just hurt so bad mm-hmm. that I was throwing up. Mm-hmm. And then I was so afraid that uh, once I did, I chose to get an epidural, and I was so afraid that I wouldn't be able to push because they say, like, oh, you won't feel your legs or whatever. You might not be able to push because you won't feel it kind of a thing. I was so afraid of that that, yeah, I got the epidural, but I would wait until I absolutely needed it to actually push the button to have it release because I was was afraid I wouldn't be able to push. That Mm -hmm. was my biggest thing. Uh, So, yeah, I pretty much like punished myself (laughs) and it seemed very long but so from active labor like I want to say for me active labor I would say is when I got the epidural I mean I don't know what time that was exactly but I mean it was a good like 12 hours that I was yeah so you know in there my Mm mother-in-law made a comment to me um that if you it's better not to do the epidural because you feel every pain and you love your child even more. No. <laughs> so Exactly. Uh-oh. So I listened to that, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. So they kept asking me, do you want the epidural? Do you want the epidural? I was like, nope, nope. I'm going to push through it. And that's, you know, my thinking, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it all the way through, just natural, right? Mm-hmm. And then it got to a point that my, you know, that little machine where the, the peaks go all the way up and it's uh-huh. showing your contractions. Well, I mean, I think it was trying to go above and beyond the paper because <laughs> that's how bad it was. And I remember Michael was in his BDUs because he had, you know, flew over here from Colleen to, and he was still in his uniform. And I was just like putting my head in his chest and screaming and then like shaking him like, I can't do this. And by then it was too late. They were like, I'm so sorry. No. We have a long line of women that are getting epidurals as soon as, I guess, what is it? The anesthesiologist or whoever right. does it. Um, you're, you know, on the list already. Oh, yeah. And so I put myself through that. And with my second born, I was like, nope. As soon as I felt the contractions and they admitted me, I want it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't wait. And it was just you know, experiencing all that pain for the first, I was exhausted, yeah. so exhausted, and I didn't want that for the second, you yeah. know. Um, I, going back to the question, <laughs> um, how did I know I was in labor? So I, I can relate to you saying just something wasn't the same, there was something different. Um, I woke up in the morning, mm-hmm. and I was just kind of like, I can hear the birds chirping, but my stomach... I felt like um, electricity. Mm-hmm. That's weird. But, like, my stomach would get hard. Yeah, it tightens. Mm. And the only way I could explain it was, like, electricity. And I was like, whoa, what is that? Like, that is not, like, period crown. Oh, like when you have a TENS, mach- TENS unit, a TENS machine for your muscles. Yeah. Have you had that? No. I mean, <laughs> I imagine it's similar. <laughs> but, um, the way it sounds, yeah, like, tense. But, um, and I was like, okay, that's. New, have not felt that. I did not experience Braxton Hicks. Oh, okay. And it was 24 hours before my due date. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, like, okay. Oh, I had heard stories of, oh, people going to go to the hospital and they send you home mm-hmm. because they say, no, it's just Braxton, Braxton Hicks. Or, or you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. <laughs> go back home. So yeah. my brilliant idea, I didn't have any fluid or anything and it was just like a small little tense feeling, but no period cramps or nothing, mm-hmm. that I was like, you know what, maybe I need to walk. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to walk to get things started. And, you know, I felt great. I was fine. So that's that's what we did. Um, <laughs> uh, we went to the flea market. <laughs> the flea market that had just opened, and we went to walk. Yeah. And... Um, and, and then it was like an hour and a half later. I didn't eat anything mm-hmm. um, because just in case. 
And then I was like, okay, yep, that, like you see in the movies where people are hunched over. I was like, yep, uh, stop. I cannot keep walking. Mm -hmm. And so we went to the hospital and they told me like, yes, ma'am, you are in active labor. Mm -hmm. Um, Why did you go to the flea market? What? Okay, come on, we have to admit you. And I did get the epidural because it started to to hurt, like Mm -hmm. period cramps at that point. Um, But... I've, um, when, I, when I was listening to you also talking, I feel like the first one is a lot more challenging. Your body has never gone through that experience. Um, and so I was in labor also like 24 hours or something like that, something mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and my son wasn't born until after midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that was really scary because, for me it was scary because my doctor did not arrive until like 11.50 at night. And they were telling me like, do not push. She's Whoa. on her way and like no. closing my legs. No. And I was like, I have to push. Like I've had the epidural, but I felt the sensation to push. And they were like, do not push, do not push. And I'm like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't not push. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time she got there, it was like right after 12. And they were like, okay, push. But I was so tired too. And I was trying to push and I couldn't push and, you know, all that stuff. But um, and then with my daughter, I was like, oh, my body's not going to know. Everybody told you you're second one. Your body knows what to do. Well, yep, sure enough, even though it was 10 years later, I mean, I delivered her within like an hour and a half or Dang. something. Like I went to the hospital at midnight and she was born at eight in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and with my son, I never felt the amniotic fluid come out or anything. They had to actually like burst my, mm-hmm. they had to burst it for me. And with my daughter, they had to as well. So my water never broke with either of them. Did Mm -hmm. you feel that when they burst? Yeah, so when they did that, they, like, put something in there, and they, like, poke it. It was like a little uh, hook. It was, I don't remember what it looked like. It looked like like. a little hook. Yeah. I just remember with Maya, them doing that. And I felt a gush of cold water. Mm -hmm. I felt like cold water, like, release. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, With both of them, you know, and then... um, with my daughter, I was admitted. I went in at midnight, and they were like, you're not in active labor. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? Okay. So they made me walk laps in the hospital yeah. mm-hmm. for like an hour. Yeah. And I was like, oh, just admit me. Because I was like, I think they admit you at like three centimeters or four centimeters mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, like four centimeters. And I was like right underneath, and they were like, well, if you walk, maybe you'll dilate, and we can admit you. Yeah. And I was, like, right below that. So then they finally admitted me, whatever. And by the time they admitted me, it was, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah. Can't walk around. Flea mark's not open. Uh, um, yeah. No. <laughs> Nothing's and open at that time, yeah. especially during COVID. And <laughs> oh, yeah. It was during COVID. <laughs> it was during COVID. And so um, I went back, whatever. They admitted me, finally, whatever. And then it was 3 in the morning. And then at, like, 5 in the morning was, like, shift change for mm-hmm. nurses. So the nurse before who was going to leave, she checked me and was like, okay, you're right at five. So, you know, you're good. Take a nap, like relax. I had gotten my epidural. So I was Mm -hmm. like, good. I was chilling. And then the new nurse came in and I was like, I, I think I had an accident. Like, can you check? Because I felt like wet Mm-hmm. And she was like, um, hang on. And I was like, okay. So she checked me and she was like, you are at eight and a half or oh. something. She's like, we need to get the doctor. Like, cause you're progressing so quickly within like 30 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, sure enough. So then, yeah, Lena was born like shortly after whatever, but that was so easy. I felt like I just like pushed like, okay, I can have another one now. What? <laughs> and I never no. even wanted a second child. Like, yeah. I mean, like when I first had my first one, you're like, oh my God, this is excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. I will never do this again. The first one was really hard, and my second one was super easy, is what I'm trying to describe. Yeah. Super easy. The same. Did either one of you guys have to get stitched? Both. Both times. I want to say yes, but because I was so happy the second time, I don't even... It didn't... I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I was just happy. I don't know. The Mm. first time was hard. Yeah, it was hard. Oh, yeah. The first baby's hard, but the second one was not. (laughs) I got stitched. Unfortunately, I had clicked the button, like, right before I push Jacob out so uh it was super freaking painful and then I don't know how long it takes for it to like kick in that by the time I got stitched thank 
the Lord. I was completely numb. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it. I just felt like tugging. Like I mm-hmm. could see my legs like moving where they were like, and I could hear like the thread. <laughs> it was so weird. And then I was so afraid to go to the bathroom afterwards. And I do not look at your freaking vulva after childbirth because I went in there and looked in the lifted that gown up to see and it was so swollen i look like i had testicles <laughs> with, with my first one but yeah. they also say like the pressure you were there for so long yeah you know it but with my second one it wasn't like that i mean i was up and ready to shower i was you know made that little room my own and i had my own pajamas and i took my own blanket everything that i didn't do with my first pregnancy yeah, yeah. i didn't even want to shower i I was just in so much pain from, you know, my chest down because I was breastfeeding. We all breastfed, uh-huh. you know, and I, I didn't want anything touching me. Yeah. And again, with the second, it was just so different. But yes, I did look like I had testicles with my first one. Oh, yeah. Man. I awful. described mine as like David Robinson in a bar fight. Like, total, I mean, like his lips, like just like they're already big or whatever. And they were like super fucking swollen. It was terrible. But I loved... That little bottle that they give you to like fill up with water, warm oh, water, and spray, yourself? And spray yeah. myself. I love that thing, but I was so afraid to pee. And they were like, "Ma'am, if you do not pee, we're gonna have to give you a catheter." Yeah. And they ended up giving me a catheter because I was afraid to pee. No, we'll see. I didn't know, and I don't know if anybody explained that you're supposed to spray that numbing spray. Did they give you all the numbing spray yes. to take home? No. Yes. Oh. I didn't get anything. Well, you're supposed to spray yourself first, dermaplast, and then pee. Oh. I was peeing and I was like, oh, oh, oh. No. And then spraying myself. Oh. So not only cleaning myself, but then spraying it. And I was like, ah, relief. Yeah. I don't know why I did it backwards. Mm. I don't know. Well, I <laughs> don't know that's... why they didn't give me the thing. I had, <laughs> I was at a military hospital. Did you give birth at a military hospital? No, that's what I didn't want to do. That's why oh. I stayed in San well, Antonio. Yeah. Crap. What about you? <laughs> Yeah, military they hospital? Did. Um, no. No, no, not no. military. No, 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 no. no, no. But, um, I don't want military hospitals touching me. They, <laughs> they, yeah, they gave me the dermaplast. I didn't know you were supposed to spray before. Yes. But I was Why like... Why did they tell you this? Exactly. I don't know. But I was, like, flushing the whole time. Oh, yeah. To, you know what I mean? To like, I it dilute your water. pee. To dilute it yeah, so it wouldn't like, sting. slowly trickled it out because... I don't know because, yeah, I was afraid, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. First and second complete difference, man. Oh, yeah. And Definitely. I, so many people saw my vagina, like, throughout my pregnancy that, like, I didn't even care anymore. I think mm-hmm. I had, like, three different doctors because I was there for so damn long. Like, mm-hmm. three different doctors, like, poked and whatever, yeah. spread my shit open. Look at all that hair! Like, because Jacob, Jacob had, Jacob was wearing the freaking mullet. I'm so glad you clarified the hair. Yeah, <laughs> no. It wasn't my vagina. <laughs> Fortunately, I, well, I mean, I always, like, shaved. I'm sure there were spots because I couldn't see it anymore by the <laughs> time I went in. But, but uh, oh, my God, that's another thing. It's like you see your vagina, and then all of a sudden it's, like, gone. You can barely see your feet. Yeah. <laughs> During pregnancy. But. Like, it's there. I know it's there. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's there. But, yeah, that that was horrible. And then you cringed just now when you talked about when Mida brought up breastfeeding. And, yeah, mm-hmm. that was the other thing. It's like. People are just touching your body to check you and make sure that everything's okay. And then if you say you're going to breastfeed, they're manhandling your boobs and like, sho- or at least that's what happened to me, shoving it in Jacob's mouth or whatever and the whole latching. And they say, what, if it hurts, you're not doing right. That's yeah. bullshit. It's because it hurt. hurts. It yeah. hurts. So what I've always told my girlfriends or whoever, I, th- I don't know if I told you. Shared you shared with me. Yeah. yeah. I was so like, like, just push through, just push through. Push through the first two weeks and you're good. But those first two weeks, holy moly. I mean, I was like staring at the clock of like, okay, how long? It's like 40 minutes on each boob or whatever. And like the time, it was just like slow, so Mm -hmm. slow. It was awful. It was awful. And before that, like, this might be TMI, but I mean, we're talking about all this other stuff. I didn't like anything touching my nipples, like. At all. It was so sensitive. Mm -hmm. So breastfeeding was horrible. It felt so gross, Mm -hmm. like, to me. And then it was just so painful. I mean, scabs, the whole thing. Thank God I never got, like, the, what is it, when your ducks clog or whatever? Oh, I did with Maya. 
Yeah, and you get fever, you feel like you have the flu. It's awful. But they tell you when you have a when you have a fever and you breastfeed, you know, if you're sick, you continue to breastfeed because you're mm-hmm. giving your baby antibodies, right. you know? And so, and that was the only way to cure it. Not only like the warm compressions, but right. to continue to breastfeed. But yes, I did get a, a clogged, clogged a clogged duct. Yeah. Yes. I think mm-hmm. I did have it, but it was very minor where like my uh, breast milk at some point was like pink because there was like blood in Oh, it. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And still they were like, oh, you still breastfeed. breastfeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, still continue. Don't stop because then your milk will dry up mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And then I definitely used a breast pump. And that was, like, forever. I also mm-hmm. only got, like, the cheapest mechanical or the electronic and, one. Oh, no. I had a handheld one, and I don't know why I didn't just splurge and yeah. get an electronic one. Of course, with my second, because you do everything different with your second. I did, and it was amazing. But, yeah, with the first one, it was awful. Yeah, my my breast machine pump thing, whatever, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> yeah. just watching your boob like go cone round, cone round, cone round, and it was forever, yeah. I hated it, and I remember somebody spilled a whole, they say don't, uh, don't cry over spilled milk, mm-hmm. unless it's breast milk, like yeah. that is precious, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, and I never knew like, right, something like spilled milk, Yeah. <laughs> would be like, why? I only breastfed once. Mm-hmm. Well, me too. My, well, right. Well, I didn't breastfeed my son. I breastfed my daughter. But Maida, I'm curious, was it easier the second time? Because you had already experienced how to, like, get them to latch and stuff like that. So did it hurt less? <laughs> I'm trying to ask. It right. didn't hurt as much as it did with the first. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think, you know, um, unfortunately, your nipples get tough, yeah. you know. Um, and, yeah, it, it, it was more natural. The one thing that did hurt, and I don't remember it hurting with Maya as much, but I remember breastfeeding, you know, those first six hours after delivery, and my cramps, because your uterus is, your uterus mm-hmm. is trying to go back to normal, it was so painful, I thought I was going to give birth again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the nurses were, no, take medicine, it's okay to take medicine, and they were explaining, you know, it's okay for the baby, and it's mm-hmm. it's fine. And so, oh, yeah, I was taking that ibuprofen because the pain yeah. was awful. And, again, I was in the hospital room by myself. You know, my Karina was taking care of Maya. Um, my husband was deployed, and my mom still had to work, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, okay, it's just me and the baby. <laughs> I have to push through. Um, but, yeah, that that's the pain that I felt. And I don't remember, I don't recall the same pain with Maya. It's so weird. Yeah, mm. I will say that, too, like, I did not breastfeed my son, so I didn't experience those cr- those cramps when you breastfeed. Mm-hmm. And when I breastfed my daughter, I did, like, when she was on me mm-hmm. and, like, finally had the milk coming, flowing, mm-hmm. my my uterus was contracting. Yeah. And it's just interesting how our body works, that it's mm-hmm. working with you, mm-hmm. right? To heal itself. But it does hurt. It does hurt. <laughs> but, mm. but it was, I guess you don't get that if you're not breastfeeding. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then, like, like for me, the first three days of trying to breastfeed, it was, like, so challenging because it was, like, nothing was coming out. And then I think it was, like, three and a half, day four. It had to be, like, the fourth, yeah, day I woke up and all of a sudden I had, like, freaking mountains on my chest where my milk finally came in and they were rock hard. And, yeah, they talk about, like, the roadmap veins definitely had that. I went to the the PX, the store on post uh post exchange or whatever to go buy bras without a bra because i didn't have anything that fit mm. and so yeah definitely milk like which i really like the big boobs <laughs> <laughs> you keep saying that <laughs> yeah like i'm knocked up when they're like they go they go up and then they go down and then and they, they stay, stay down, down. <laughs> but fortunately since i've always been average size like they didn't have they didn't go too down because there wasn't much to go down anyway. So, so once it was all gone, like you know, it wasn't too bad. But definitely could tell like I lost a lot of volume mm-hmm. in my breasts. Like literally sucked the life out of me. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say, don't ever let anybody shame you for breastfeeding. I felt so again shame. Right. You know, with my first, mm-hmm. I would go to the car and I would still you know have the cover on or try to go somewhere more private and. With my second, I was like, nope, I'm going to breastfeed right here, of course, with a cover, because that's just, I've just, 
you know, made me a little more comfortable, but I didn't have so much embarrassment or shame or, you know, um, I don't, I don't know why. I think I even best breastfed him in Disneyland, like waiting in line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, y'all were holding Maya and I was breastfeeding Mason. But, um, yeah, don't ever let anybody shame you for doing what you need to do for your job. Can I say a good thing that came out of it? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that we've said a lot of good things. Okay. <laughs> um, no, yeah, but I feel like I really appreciate my body. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, that. Bef- I wish I was this secure in my body when I was before kids. Right. Um, and now after kids, I'm like, damn, I'm a badass. You know, right. like I am. Go run the world. Yeah, Girls. and it's not just giving birth, but I just wish I had that confidence. Right. Is um, and it's not just because we endured these things. It's just that I see myself different, and mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. But it's um, your body is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies, how do you feel about this conversation? I hope it was helpful to, mm-hmm. again, those first time mom listeners out there or if you have a surrogate or you're adopting a child or however it is that you become a parent you know hopefully it helps you validate some of the stuff that you're going through or show that person that is carrying that child for you some appreciation Mm -hmm. um because it is it's a lot so Thank you so much for joining us, ladies. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs> yes, it was nice to be here. Uh-huh. <laughs> and again, for those of you listening, I hope that it was helpful to you or entertaining or whatever. And if you liked what you heard, please like and share the podcast. Tell somebody that you think it might be helpful to to, list, to tune in. And if you ladies, oh, well, you don't really do social media would you like anybody to reach out no any questions okay (laughs) well if you have any questions or have any topics that you would like for us to cover please feel free to send me a a message on instagram my handle is at jenny's underscore pennies and until next time please remember your voice matters you are capable you are lovable you are deserving you are enough